Welcome everyone. It is the Relaunch Podcast. And as you know, I love to bring on people that I find super interesting so that these conversations are so genuine, so authentic. And let me tell you, this one, no doubt, will change the way you think about relaunching in your life. And she has metamorphosized, I can still say that, she has grown into this incredible being that I have truly enjoyed getting to know over probably the last six months. And I said, I said, you've got to come on. And finally, today is the day. I want you to meet a change maker, like in the dictionary, this woman would be there. Her name is Dr. Julie Descharmes. She has dedicated her career to empower and support people in all of their endeavors and dreams. She's a, she's a dream maker too. People from all over, including corporate sector, we're talking entrepreneurs, workforce folks, everyone have taken the advice and guidance of Dr. Julie and learned how to use their strengths and maximize their work-life success. You know, we talk about work-life balance. She says, kick that to the curb. It's work-life success, which I love. Her unique speaking style ignites the passion inside all of us that actually helps make those tiny sparks, and you know how I am, the spark maker here, into a blaze of empowerment. She has earned her MBA, her doctorate in business, organizational leadership, and Dr. Julie has become a five-time national best-selling author. She's been recognized in Inc. Magazine. She hosts a podcast. She's got TV appearances, you know, coming out of the everywhere, and she is now really going to be talking about not only her most recent book, Authentically You, Empowering Your Way to Success, but she's going to be talking about the other things in life that also matters. And when you are an entrepreneur, when you are building businesses, sometimes we forget about the things that really are important in making impact in people's lives. And she's been able to move and merge and bring it all together. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast with your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, TV host, speaker, and 23 years as a neuro-business performance coach. She will merge modern personal development, up-to-date neuroscience, and ancient wisdom with a twist while using her one and only 3HQ method. Get ready to be empowered in your journey of self-reinvention and ignite your professional dreams. Each episode unfolds inspiring stories of remarkable relaunches, revealing the tips and secrets behind them. Join us in these conversations, offering you the insights and tools needed for your own extraordinary relaunch. Dr. Julie, welcome to the Relaunch Podcast. Thank you for having me. So fun to have you here. Yeah, this is awesome. I love it. As we're joking, like, about all the things that for us to get here, right? Like you had, you had crazy. It has been it. You know what though? Perseverance, right? 
And I have a funny story about perseverance. My daughter had done a river rafting trip and there was that great picture where it was on the American river. They took this image. She's in the raft. We've just gone through, I think it was like stage four rapids. She's probably 12 years old. And her expression is just like, I'm going to do this. And a friend of mine decided to literally blow it up into like gigantic size and put perseverance on the actual poster. But the problem, Dr. Julie, they actually spelled perseverance wrong. (laughs) So I always laugh at that, that we're like, we can't throw it away. It's too good. It gives us a laugh every time. But as we're sitting here, and we have now come together. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to walk through what you would classify, and I know that you have so many different relaunch stories, but what has been the most impactful relaunch that you have had so far that has really brought you to where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. And as you said, I've definitely had a couple of relaunches in my life. If we want to talk about recently, you know, COVID was really impactful and affecting a lot of my businesses a couple of years ago, so much so that a business of 23 years was completely shut down. I didn't know if I was going to save it. And my other businesses were really hit really hard. And well, explain, Julie, explain why they were really hit hard. What what about COVID just flattened them? Sure. So the state I was in, one of my companies was an event company. So it's an actual physical on-ground company that had been around for 23 years, one of the biggest companies in San Diego. And when that was shut down, we had we lost not only hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we were not allowed to do anything. I mean, we could get arrested if we were did anything. So I literally had to shut the entire company down, let go all of my employees. And we had millions of dollars in equipment sitting. Mm -hmm. We thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, turned out to be over a year. And so that was a really, really, that was my first company that I created. It was very near and dear to me. And so it didn't just impact my company, impacted me, you know, because that was, that was like my baby, you know, my first one, I created that when I was 23. And then of course, right. other my other companies, my consulting company, my sports equipment company also, that was a shipping issues, creating things overseas wasn't happening, you know, and then, and my technical vocational school, which was on ground, we had to close all the facilities and move it online, which is an issue for our veterans who are required to be on ground or they lose their scholarships. So each and every one of my companies was each one is very personal to me um, because I don't just make companies to make them. I make them out of the passion that I have and what I believe in. And so it was a really, really tough time for us for a while there. I was definitely having a pity party on all of that because I was just like, where do I go? Like, I never thought that scenario could happen. I mean, I just really didn't. I could see a natural disaster happening, but we'd be up and going still. And even through all my years, we'd had massive fires out here we made it through that. We had had some natural disasters. We made it through that, but this was like totally just, just, it really hit through me to the wall. And, um, Dr. Julie, I've got to say something. You had four companies and each one of them was brought down. mm -hmm. And so here you've built up what we call legacy, right? You've got all these businesses, they're successful. And you thought like, you know, Hey, looking out, at the horizon, pretty like you, you've set yourself up really well, really well, because each and every one of those companies could have been an independent 
company for you really helping you with, you know, all of your bills, all of the things, your livelihood and all that. And next thing you know, they're all flattened. And so you said you had your pity party. I bet it was a little bit more than a pity party, (laughs) right? You're like, oh my God, what's next? It was a good little pity party. And then I just, I realized I'm like, like everything else in life, Julie, we have to pivot. We have to figure this out. I mean, this is our livelihood and I didn't work this hard to lose everything, you know? And so that's, that was kind of my first moment and, you know, sat down with my teams and we started going like, what can we do? How do we pivot? How do we change this? How do we bring income back in? Because everyone was in survival mode. Nobody wanted to spend any extra money. Everyone was pulling their contracts. I, we just, we're just going to hold right now. We're not going to do anything. So the change for us was that we ended up doing a course for men who's connected to the Royal family and other really um, important celebrities and other groups. And he was so thrilled about what we did for him. He opened up his black book for us. And before you know it, we were doing courses for a lot of different, really well-known people. And we were making back our money, which was, was really substantial. And it was, it was an interesting pivot because we were doing courses that were very different. We were originally doing courses for schools. Now we were creating masterminds and really these people who wanted to just create their legacy and put it into some type of course. Um, so I don't want to say it was overnight, but it felt like overnight. Suddenly we were brought into this new group of clientele that were in the very top echelons of things. And each time we did something, they were so grateful and they loved it so much that then they would connect us to another buddy of theirs. And so it was just a really interesting pivot because suddenly we're in this world of celebrities and movie stars and royalty, like, you know, in a month and you're like, what am I? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I find fascinating about you is that yes, you allowed yourself to say, okay, wow, this really sucks. I mean, all four of my businesses, but then you opened yourself up to, all right, but we got to figure out something here. Like we're going to make this work. You threw it out there. You, you kind of had these lofty goals. Like we're going to get back on track. We're going to have this massive success again. And your, and, and I love it, your brain, your, it started to go to work. And next thing you know, somebody is calling you saying, hey, can you help with this? And you had done courses for education in one of your companies, but this was something totally different. So you were willing to say yes. You were willing to say, we'll give it a try. But there had to have been that moment of like, okay, this is a different direction but how did you say i'm going to try it i'm going to i'm going to go for it i think i mean me as a person i'm very competitive i i have a lot of grit i I think it started with my sports and, and also i was always the underdog to be totally honest like in everything i did i was always the underdog and i just kind of have this fire in me that i was like this isn't it like i've worked too hard like and I've always been that person, like, if you can give me a book and I can figure out, I'll do it. Like, if you're like, Julie, I need you to sword fight. Okay. So like, let me let, watch a YouTube video and I'll try it. Like, I've never been a person that like, that's not in my area of expertise. So I'm backing out of it. I'm more like, okay, let's just figure out how we do it. How do we do it? How do we become experts? And that's what we did here. And it, and it was comical because, you know, I'd get a cell phone call from like someone famous and be like, Hey, such and such gave me your cell phone. I'm going to talk. And I'd be like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Like totally unprepared. Cause I mean, you're just like, wait, what? Like, and then, you know, I was thinking to myself too, like, is someone punking me? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and, 
but it was an interesting pivot and I, and I, I had to learn a lot. And I think this is really, really important when we're pivoting in industries or we're changing or we're relaunching is like, I had to go relearn some things. I had to understand the industry, the culture. I would study those people so I could understand their likes, their dislikes. So that way I could go into this conversation and understand a little bit about them. Right. Because every person that came to me, they wanted their legacy put into something. And, Mm -hmm. and so I had to understand that legacy and who they were. And it was, it was a really interesting time and obviously an interesting evolution company because we had never planned to go in that direction, but I was like, listen, let's do it. Let's own it. And then before you know it, we're not just becoming this like stable name for like all these famous people doing all this stuff for them, but suddenly we're entering on to all these other new in industries and areas of people like, you know what, could you help us do this commercial? Could you do, you know, before, and we had done it before, but same thing again, it was just on like such a bigger level. And my team was great. My team was like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. I mean, and, and that's, I think something that's so important with a relaunch or, or a pivot that you're doing is like, you have to have a team that's willing to innovate and change and drop on a dime and do that and not be afraid to go try it. Because if you are, we would have never made the pivot. And I gave a TEDx where I talk about this moment and I'm like, you know what? My company became bigger and made more money than it ever would if that hadn't have happened. We would have never made that, which it it launched us literally into a whole new industry and a new, and even a new bracket of what we were bringing in money-wise. So I always say that, you know, despite how horrible it was, it's the thing that actually relaunched my company into the the bigger and best version of it. And, and so I, I mean, not that I'm like thankful for COVID I'm not <laughs> remotely, it, it hurt a lot of people negatively. And I do have one of my oldest companies that's still trying to come back from it. It was very detrimental to that, but we took my other company and flipped it into something so much bigger and, and huger than that. And so that that's been a recent moment of relaunch that has now launched it into, we have two new companies starting this week. I, I love this, but let's go back for one second. Cause I know that there's going to be people that are really thinking about their own businesses and so many that haven't had that complete, you know, kind of take out at the knees moment where the company is no longer viable. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they just feel like mm, that spark, that thing about the company, now that things have changed so much in the world, that they're kind of like, you know, is this really the direction I want to go forward in? And being able to relaunch either a part of the business or the entire business, right? Taken in a totally new direction like you did, where you're like, wait, I've done these courses, never have done it this way. And then new opportunities have come to you. What do you recommend to those people that are nervous, scared, afraid as, you know, mid, mid zoners, as I call us, you know, that is it, is this the right time or should I just keep doing the status quo? Yeah. Innovation and change never happen because of fear. I mean, we just can't be fearful. The best and the brightest and the most amazing things that were brought to our world was because someone was willing to fail over and over. They took the fear and put it aside and they didn't worry about, you know, who would care or not care. They just went for it. And I think that's the most impactful way to go for it. I had to put my pride aside of my 23 years of business and my company's going down and suck it up and be like, okay, 
if I'm going to make something, I have to start over and I can't be afraid to do it. And so, you know, you really have to take fear out of that factor if you want it. And I think the difference between a, a person who isn't an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is that because entrepreneurs have to take daily risk. And, and I was very young at a young age, I was very risk adverse. I didn't want to take a lot of uh, risk. And I look back and that actually held me back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got to the point of like, listen, we just got to do it. And some things I've done has failed proportionately. It was like, you know what we yeah. failed, <laughs> but now we know how to do it. Right. So now we're going to go back and do it. Right. You know, and some things you did and you're like, oh, this probably isn't going to work. And it was like a crazy success. And you're like, I can't believe that worked. Right. But it, you know, you have to have those moments. That's like what defines us. And so I think that, you know, if you're sitting on the sidelines and you're not sure you've got to evaluate, like, where do you want to go in life? If you, you know, you may yeah. have to fail a couple more times, you know, to get, I mean, we think about all of our famous inventors, right. And how many times they failed. I mean, I think about people like Elon Musk. Do you think that I mean, did he create all that stuff and did it go through the first time? No, I'm sure there was a massive amount of trials and errors and there still is, right? We hear about the adjustments and changes of technology and the evolution of it. So, I mean, that's just my perspective. And that's also my personality. I'm just like a never, never die. I'm not going down. If I'm going down, I'm fighting tooth and nail until the very end. It's interesting because when you say evolution, you know, Darwin says it's not the strength that will allow you to remain. It was, you know, the the people that are willing or the groups that were willing to change, they were the ones that were going to be around. And so I look at that and I think, you know what, that's what we're talking about right now. It's not being complacent. It's not just sitting there and saying, you know what, it's working. You know, I'm okay with my, you know, small growth. It's how can you be as we opened up with, you know, being that change maker, but the dream maker and actually having it happen for you. So now you are taking, is it how many of the four companies are you going back to now and seeing, can I make those come to life again? Yeah. So we have, we have, um, three of them back up and going. The fourth one is, is getting there, but it's just a rebuild time because we, we have to just, it's a local company. And so we're so many companies shut down during that time frame that we have an overload and we can't get enough workers and enough people. And so what we're trying to do is really rehire, retrain, get everyone back out there. And it's just a process to do that. Um, good example is we had a lot of sports clubs shut down in San Diego that didn't make it through that period. And when the the few that remained opened up that over like over a thousand kids come and try out. And they were sending out emails going, we, we wish we could take all your kids. We just can't, there's not enough capacity. And so that's, that's where my, my events company is, is we just are trying to make enough capacity for that. So, and then of course we have two new companies that will be launching this week, which are offshoots from my company, but they've just gotten so big that we've had to separate them just for, for like logistics and all of that and, and re put those out. So, so we'll essentially have six, you know, by the end of the week. Okay. I got to ask this question. Cause I know people are sitting there listening saying, you know, there's people like Tony Robbins and Sir Richard Branson that have 30 plus companies that they are running and managing. How do you do it? How do you do it? Now you said I'm launching two more this week. I've got these other ones. How do you manage your time? Cause we all have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm like a time management queen. I have to say that I, you I have to be, you have to be, 
I can't have chaos. So I keep like a super tight schedule. Probably the most important thing I learned early on was that you have to get good teams in place. When you get good teams in place, I can show up and they're implementing the vision and I don't have to be in the weeds. And I think that's a really important thing for any entrepreneur. We love to be in the weeds. We built it. It's our company. But if you want to streamline your company, if you want to maximize the profits, if you want to have what I like to call my beach bum millionaire lifestyle, right? Because I live at the beach and I want to spend time with my kids. And I do this whole mastermind called beach bum millionaire mastermind to help people shift, right? Then you want to work with that. They say the average millionaire has seven streams of income. So, and, and why is that important? When COVID happened, I had four or five streams. So thank God I had four or five streams because some shut down and some didn't. So I look at this as, you know, I'm building generational wealth and I want to leave a legacy for my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. And I can do that through these different companies and these different streams of income. But I mean, building your team is key because my, I tell you, my favorite people to hire are veterans and mill spouses. They mm. get it done. Like I walk in and I'm like, so I need, and they're like done. And I'm like, but what about done? And I'm like, I need more work for you. Like what you're so, so when I have those teams, I am able to go to my kids' sports games. I'm able to go take family trips because, because I have a really fantastic team that I don't imagine. So that's how I do it. Sometimes we're building two new companies out right now. I work more hours because that part of the infrastructure and the build is important, but you want to get yourself to where you actually have a balanced lifestyle and joint. Cause what's the point, right? If I'm working 80, 90 hours a week, then that's, that's not success for me. That's exhaustion. Yeah, so that, that's, that's how I do it. And I'm always happy okay. if people want to message me for time management tricks, you guys can do that. Cause I learned, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Well, and I, I really appreciate what you said about you hire and you like to hire former vets or family of vets. Yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you, I agree. I had an, a group that I worked with a couple of years ago. Right, actually, it was right before COVID. And I worked with them for a couple of years. And then COVID hit. And you just reminded me, you know what? It's time to circle back with them because they were fantastic. A lot of VAs. Um, when I find the name, I'll put them in the show notes because it really, it's, it's, it was terrific. And I agree with you. They are dedicated, but let me ask you teams. This is really important because you can't do even one company, right? Forget about having four or five, six companies with the wrong team. How do you, when you find somebody that is not quite a good fit for you, you know, a lot of times, like, what, what, what do you do in that situation? Because a lot of times you want to be like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? How do you handle that? Yeah. So we actually created an apprenticeship program for almost all of our companies. And so the idea is that we bring them in. They have a certain amount of time that they get apprenticed and they get one-on-one training because sometimes I do really see I see youth with so much potential, but can I trust them with running a multi-million dollar division of my company when they have very little experience? And so I, being a former athlete and coach, I see mentoring and coaching as really important. Every time I've started a company, we see success because we mentor and we train and then we guide them up. So this way we have less turnover. We have more loyalty and they actually know our systems because everyone that comes to me isn't quite right for the company. And, and I'll tell you the evolution of the, the person of our youth 
has been very different from 23 years ago when I was hiring people to now. And so it's a very different work ethic. I grew up working with the baby boomers, like work hard, suck it up, no excuses. That was my training. It is very different with this new generation. I have a 15 year old daughter. So, you know, I know (laughs) as well. So I really work with my people. I actually interview every person from my company. I take in, I sit with my leaders and managers, but it's important that I know every single person. And so I have multiple companies. I have people across the U.S., that I work with, but I know every single person. I've- what do you think? What do you think is the most important characteristic when you're going to hire somebody? What are you really looking for? That they must have this. That they have high ethics and morals and loyalty is very important to me because I'm looking for, I always say I'm looking for long-term relationships. I have a, uh, one of our tech people who has worked with us for almost, I'm, I think it's about 18 years and there's so much loyalty and the loyalty. So I, I just recently this week, uh, I, it was disappointing, but I saw a business person I know that was convicted of um, 15 different fraud cases against them and convicted and they, they might go to jail. And it was really devastating because I saw them as, as what they were saying they were doing is such a, a really unethical and moral thing that they were doing, which unfortunately they were taking advantage of people. And it was really frustrating for me, but I, I take, my businesses are all about quality, taking care of the people, our customers, our lifelong customers, my events company, I had a woman who stayed with us for 15 years. And I finally said, your son's 15. I'm out of like little kid party stuff for him. Like I, I, you know, I had to be like, I don't know what she'd call me every year. What do you think we should do this year? And when he hit 15, I go, take him to Disneyland. Like I don't (laughs) think he wants a jumper, but she was so loyal. And that's what made our companies huge was that I went above and beyond. My people went above and beyond. If we made a mistake, we told them if it wasn't right, we gave them their money back. And so because that's part of growing as a company too. You make mistakes or people make mistakes. So that's really for me is I want people who believe in quality and ethics and morals and loyalty. And, and and obviously they have to have the skills for that too, but I can, we can train anyone. You know, we have princesses coming in that don't have design experience. They're going to have it in six months. And so I would take that employee any day, a hungry employee that wants to do that versus the most talented, high level, PhD that comes in the door. So that's what I look for in all my companies. I agree that hunger, the fire in the belly, the ability that they want growth within themselves so that they can help with the growth of the company. And I love that loyalty, that idea, you know, that highest level. I, yes, it's so important. So you've just recently wrote a book that just came out, Authentically You, Empowering Your Way Back to Success. In that book, Julie, are you talking about what we discussed today? Is that why you wrote it? Yeah. And, and it's obviously my journey. It's, it's the ugly cry moments. It's the, um, me having like a midlife crisis when I was 30 years old, figuring like, what am I doing? I'm you know 30 years old. I was in this super high level power position. And I remember just coming in the office thinking, I hate this job. I fought so hard to get it. And I got all these accolades and I was the first woman in the company to do it. And I hate this job. <laughs> And it was really a moment of like, who am I? What do I want to do? And why am I here? Just also kind of an identity crisis of going like, 
is this is this who I am? If this is success, this this sucks. <laughs> like I want it's not what I want. Yeah. And so it definitely talks about the goods and the bads, very vulnerable moments that I would never have shared because I wouldn't want anyone to think of me as less successful for those moments. And so and then I take what I did for my path and build it out in the book. So that way you have kind of this guide. So at the end of each chapter, there's a guide. It's taking you through the process. Like, how do you find your authentic path? I find a lot of women, especially after COVID came out and was like, okay, I was working for this company for 20 years. I got let go. I don't know what to do with myself. Or I recently gotten divorced and I haven't been in the business market. What do I do? My children all just went off to college. I feel completely lost. So I feel, especially for women, we're constantly having this like change in path. And so that was really what it was about, which is kind of the honest truth, the goods, the bads, the ugly of my my path. Because people always say all the time, oh, you, you don't have any issues, Julie. I was like, you should see me crying. Yeah. <laughs> crying power a lot. I've got issues, you know? And so I realized that it was really important to share that with other women. So they didn't feel alone in the process of them changing or evolving or finding their path because it's normal. And we all have issues and we all cry and we just don't want anyone to know because women culturally have been trained that if we show our vulnerability, we are weak. And when you work in really tough male dominant environments like I did, I trained myself to lock that emotion away and take care of business. And when I finally unlocked that box, it was like, like, uh, how good is a good cry? I mean, it just, it just makes you feel like you get that massive release. I mean, I agree. I used to, you know, pride myself, like I worked at Oracle for 10 years, you know, it was a dog eat dog and they would yeah. call me, you know, the pit bull and I was the, you know, the bitch on wheels and I'm like, oh my God. Right. And I would, I would get in the shower, I'd shut the door and I'd be like, oh, right. and it is. <laughs> so you are now in a place where you have mentioned over, and we've had many conversations recently, legacy. What do you ultimately want to be known for? Mm, I decided I wanted to give back to women and I could, I, I could take a company and create a company and do that. So I could do both. I could work my passion and that's really what I want to do. I mean, that's why we started. She talks eight years ago is I saw the gap in how women treated each other. I saw men mentoring each other and helping each other women. And I saw women just taking each other out. And I was like, why are we doing this? There's enough room at the table for all of us we can grow and and mentor. There's enough work for all of us. Like, so how do we change that? And really what I wanted to do, especially because I had my daughter, she's 15, is I was like, I don't want her to have to go through all this junk that I did. I mean, we all have our own path, but if I can create a network of women who support each other and I grow that till the day that I die, maybe that's a million women and every single one of those women are making impact. We're going to triple and double it. And we may just change the way that women behave and work together and create the superpower in the world of businesses. But we need the support. We need the mentoring. We need the training. And if we can create that, then we've created a generational wealth that will far outreach any money that we will ever have because we will be this group that is really unstoppable. And so, the, I mean, that's my goal. And, and essentially we've done it but we want to grow it, right? We're just continuing to grow it. And literally 
I do at least three to five calls a day on people who call me, Hey, I want to be part of she talks magazine. I want to be part of she talks. I want to be a member. Like, how do I get into this? And I actually, I mean, we're at probably like 5,000 women. I have vetted every single person who's come into the group. I believe in connecting and making sure I know every single woman so I can support them. And I take a call from any of them any day of the week. And so that's really what I want to leave, you know, is this legacy of it. And and I don't want to discount my male counterparts. My husband been a huge part of my success. He supports it. He He's the guy behind the scenes. Thank God he's so talented in video and editing and everything. <laughs> he runs the whole PR division of all my companies and he's incredibly talented. But, you know, the men in my life have been incredibly supportive as well. And, and so I always tell people, we're not a feminist group. We love our male counterparts. We have guys show up to She Talks and cheer us on and husbands show up and boyfriends show up and they volunteer. You know, my son has been to a ton of them. He's only 12 and he's there, you know, handing out cookies, whatever he can do. But that's the legacy that I want to leave is that I, I, I've had plenty of successes in my life. I don't care about any more successes. I want to help other women get success. I want to support them. And I'm going to be right there cheering them on because what's so powerful. Now, how would people listening right now and who are you looking for in the she talks? Oh my gosh. Well, she talks is a platform for any woman to come tell her story. So obviously if you have a story that you think is impactful, we want to talk with you. Uh, we started the She Talks magazine just in November. It's gone huge. Um, so we are always looking for writers. We're looking for women who want to be interviewed. We're looking for advertisers too, because all of this doesn't happen if we don't make a little money to support the cost of it. And then the membership. I mean, same thing. The membership is, it's like a, a really good family, you know, because I, when I say family, sometimes people go like, oh, I have a super dysfunctional family. It's not dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure we'll have a few, I mean, we're, right. we're human. I'm sure we'll have issues, but um, it's a very safe place for mm-hmm. women to come and not just share what's happening in their business world, but as well about their lives. And so um, really open to any women who want, who, who believe in the mission and vision, you know, if you're just coming in to try and make a buck and, you know, try and you know, sell to every single person. That's really not that what this is about. It organically creates, you organically will find clients, networking partners, all that stuff organically. That just happens because of, I think just the, the raw vulnerability and and truth and love that happens within the group. And so we have women from around the world. We just had someone from Australia, New Zealand, London, and Ireland come on into our group. I love all their accents too. They're wonderful. (laughs) It is so good. And one of the things that you and I both love to do is share. And one thing I have to ask you is if you were to have to come over to my house and I said, all right, what would be that hostess gift that you'd bring me? And you're like, hey, you've got to try this. This is like, you're going to love it. What would that be? Okay. So I, I, I'm on a big health kick because I'm getting older and I want to make sure that I take care of myself. So I, and you also know, I support veterans. So for several years, I've been um, getting different types of supplements from alpha elite performance. So it's alpha elite performance.com. And recently I've been using their alpha collagen and I'll tell you why, cause I'm 46 and I'm getting older and my you look great. You look fantastic. Well, my hair has been thinning and my nails were getting really like weird. And, and I'm going through the super fun perimenopause and <laughs> you like, and well, me both <laughs> why is my body freaking out. 
And so uh, Travis, who's the the owner and, and creator of it, told me about all these supplements. I started taking them because this is, this is like my real hair. It's come back. I used to have extensions. Okay. Because my hair was getting so that my skin, I was having, um, issues with weird rashes and stuff all gone away. My nails are going like crazy. So I have become a big advocate of like alpha elite and what they're doing. Of course they have other great things in there too. Um, collagens where I love the alpha immune guys. I took this during the three years of COVID thick and never got COVID like it's so good. So then we will put this into the show notes and how can people find you? How can they hear more about she talks and all the other things that you're working on? Yeah. Easiest way, drjulieducharme.com. You can get me there. As I mentioned, I talk to everyone. I do. I, I, it keeps a crazy schedule, but I believe in the power of never turning someone down to hear their story. So I will get to you if you, it might take me a little bit of time, but I will get to you. Um, if you send us a message. Well, Dr. Julie, thank you so much for being here and your words of wisdom, I know resonated so much with me. And I know that everyone listening is like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. And they could go out and actually start using some of the things that you have said. So thank you for being here and everyone, as you go forward, you've heard about pivots relaunches. And remember, a relaunch doesn't have to be some massive, oh my God, here's A and I can't get to Z until I've done everything. No, small steps, small micro actions to get there. That's when you see success. So right now, live now, love now, relaunch in to the best version of you, to the best identity that you wanna be creating. And we will see you again next week. Thanks again. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If you felt a spark, a shift, or a little nudge from our show today, why not leave a five-star review on iTunes? It helps us spread the word. So please share this episode with someone who could use that same spark. Make sure to check out therelaunch.com forward slash podcast for the goodies from today's episode. And remember this, right now is your golden opportunity to shift and relaunch into the life you've always imagined. Let's continue to build our own powerful stories of resilience and reinvention. Until next time, ready, set, relaunch. Relaunch.